Welcome to the Wisdom Rising podcast. I'm your host, Lama Sultrama Alione, and my goal with this podcast is really to open your own wisdom, to have your own wisdom rising, either through the meditations that I lead or introduce you to, or to the people that I interview that bring wisdom with them in their own voice, in their own traditions. So we look forward to raising our wisdom together on the Wisdom Rising podcast. And I'm so happy to share this with you. Today I'm going to teach again on these same-day teachings, mind series teachings. And I want to give a little background before today. So in the early times, Buddhism... Remember, Buddhism is older than Christianity by about 500 years. And so about 300 years after the time of the Buddha, there was a teacher named Garab Dorje. He was called the Crystal Child because he started teaching when he was eight years old. And at that age, he actually defeated the pundits, the scholars, in debate. And he was the first human to teach the Dzogchen teachings in this dimension, on this earth. And he, Garab Dorje, received these teachings from Vajrasattva, who was from another dimension, a pure dimension. And then he taught them to his disciples. And his main disciple was named Manjushri Mitra, and he had other disciples as well, one of whom is the teacher who is t- teaching I want to give today. Actually, that's uh, the one I'm doing today is Manjushri Mitra, who was his main disciple. So what did he teach? What was it? If you would boil it down into three lines, you would say, he pointed out the nature of mind, and that's called direct introduction. When you're introduced to the nature of your mind, that's called direct introduction. It's pointed out. The nature of the mind doesn't come into being at the time it's pointed out. It's always been there, but we haven't necessarily seen it or experienced it. So by mind, I don't mean brain. I mean consciousness, awareness. So there's an awareness within us all. There's also awareness in our world. Otherwise, how could it be so complex and perfect? What is that? that perfect knowing that's our true condition, that's our Buddha nature. And in Dzogchen, that's called bodhicitta. So there's a different meaning of bodhicitta in Dzogchen than in Mahayana. When we began, I asked you to raise bodhicitta. That was the intention to be together, to practice for the benefit of all beings. So that's the altruistic intention. But from a Dzogchen point of view, Buddha is our Buddha nature. So in Buddhism, we don't have God. We don't use that word. And we don't have the idea that there's something external that we pray to or that does things for us. The idea is that there is an awareness that's within every being that is fully awake, already awake. And that awareness has no form, and yet 
everything comes from it, and it expresses itself as compassion, unceasing compassion. So the first line from Garab Dorji's final teaching to Manjushri Mitra was direct introduction to this empty yet cognizant true nature. The second one is going beyond doubt so that you hear this, you hear it, you hear it, but you might have doubts about it. You're not sure. You haven't actually experienced that yourself. And so you need to go beyond doubt. And that requires you to practice, to meditate, until you have a personal experience of it. And you don't have any more doubts anymore. Because if you, if you actually experience something, there's no way you can have a doubt about it. And no, no one can take that away from you. Even if you have a teacher and then you get disappointed in your teacher, if you've understood it, that doesn't take it away. So that's the second, going beyond doubt. And the third is remaining in that state or stabilizing that state. That means that you don't go in and out of that understanding. You stay in it day and night. And so that's a process that also requires practice. So those are the, the three words or the three phrases of Garb Dorje. And that's the essence of the transmission that he gave to Manjushri Mitra. Do you remember what they are? First one? The first one is direct introduction. The second one, going beyond Tao. And the third one, remaining in the state or stabilizing that state. So after Garb Dorje passed away, he reappeared to Manjushri Mitra and he gave that teaching. So practitioner's task, the, the job of the practitioner is to integrate that state of knowledge into their daily activities and develop the capacity to the point of unifying the energy of the physical body with the energy of the outer world. I'll just say that again. To integrate it to the point of unifying the physical body with the energy of the outer world. If that actually occurs, at the time of death, the physical body dissolves into rainbow light. And that's called the rainbow body. And that actually happens. And it's not just once upon a time that this happened. It's still happening. I've heard of and seen pictures of this happening recently in Tibet. So at the time of death, the actual physical body reintegrates into its true condition, which is light. So all the cells in the body return to their true condition, which is different colors of light. And each of those elements is a different color of light. And that's why it becomes the rainbow body. So, for example, the fire element becomes red light. 
the earth element becomes yellow light, and so on. So that total reabsorption of the material elements into the energy and luminous essence of the primordial state is the rainbow body. It's pretty amazing, right? You might think, oh, well, really? Could that actually happen? I just, uh, in, in Tibet in uh, 1998, I met a Lama who had just been with a Lama friend of his who had taken the rainbow body. And he showed me photographs of that Lama while he was still alive, but right before he took the rainbow body, they had a meeting, and it was a photograph of this Lama, but you could see the wall behind him through his body. You could see, because there was a kind of wainscoting in, on the wall, and you could see that in his body. So he was already in that process. Often people that are going to take the rainbow body stop eating and do what's called dharma chulen, and they just drink water. And at first they might uh, take the essence of flowers and minerals in little pills for a few years, and then eventually they just stop eating food. They don't need it because they're receiving the energy of the elements in other ways. It's pretty amazing that this happens, and it makes you kind of rethink your assumptions about life and death. But that's not where we are right now. And so where we are is just getting at first this understanding and then using the methods that take you to that. And there are specific methods like a kind of technology almost to reach that state. So there's three series of Dzogchen teachings, Samde, which is the mind series, Longde, which is the space series, and Menekde, which means the pith instructions. The Samde teachings were taught in the physical world at the beginning, at this time of Garb Dorje, and total realization can be reached through Samde, and then Long Day, also taught at that time. And then the Menak Day, the Pith Instruction, was taught later and came as a terma, or rediscovered teaching. So I'm teaching from the Samde lineage. There were 20 Samde lineage teachers before this lineage went from Odiana in India to Tibet. And so I'm going to give a very brief teaching of this first disciple of Garab Dorje, Majushri Mitra. And gradually I hope to give all 20 of these teachings. So the first one is King Dahantalo, and he was the son of King Halobade and the, the Brahmin woman, and her name was Sonden. And he was a direct disciple of Garb Dorje. And he asked Manjushri Mitra, Jampal Shenyan in Tibetan, for the teachings. 
the complete teachings. And so Manjushri Mitra summarized their essence in this way. And I'd like to teach this in an experiential way. So we do a little meditation as I'm teaching it. So he said, Bodhicitta is the five great elements. Okay, so what's bodhicitta? I talked about that, right? You remember what bodhicitta is? Okay, let's break it down. So the word in Tibetan is changchuk. Chang means to purify, chup means to perfect, and sem means mind. And so it's the mind, the nature of the mind, which is pure and perfect from the beginning, the primordial state of each individual. So many of us have grown up with the Christian teachings that talk about original sin, like there's kind of like a primordial impurity. But that's not the Dzogchen teaching. The Dzogchen teaching is we are primordially perfect and pure. We just need to rediscover that. And so is the Chang, which is this process of purifying our obscurations to discover this already pure essence that is our true nature. And so that's a living presence, and that living presence of comprehending that, the actual experience of knowing that is called Rigpa, which can be translated as instantaneous, non-dual, pure presence. Rigpa. R-I-G-P-A. So to demonstrate the importance of this term bodhicitta, many of the Semday teachings, the mind series tantras, attached a word as a prefix before the actual title of the teaching. And it appears that in ancient times, the term was used to designate the Dzogchen Semday teachings in their entirety. So if you just said Changchup or Changchup Sem, that's Semday. So sort of like an abbreviation. Okay, so what did he say? Bodhicitta is the five great elements. Let's see. We have Kyape Namke Yin. It is space, which does not manifest, but is all-pervading. So that's the first comment on these elements. So talking about space. Space does not manifest, but is all-pervading. And then the next one is mind. The, it is the wisdom of earth that perfects the mind as Buddha. Wisdom of earth that perfects the mind as Buddha. Sanjay is Buddha. So let's take another moment and feel space first. I love space. One of the things that it talks about a lot in these teachings is how space has no center and no fringe, no boundary. So we, we might think, well, the center of space is in my body, but actually it's not. Your body is participating in 
this element of space that has no center and no boundary, no edge. It doesn't end. Space is used a lot as an analogy of the nature of the mind. But here it's talking about all the elements as bad. So the second one was earth. The mind of the Buddha is accomplished as wisdom of earth. That's interesting. You don't think of the earth as the mind of the Buddha, but it's saying it is. And also the elements are considered to be the female Buddhas, not the male Buddhas, the female Buddhas. And then the next one, Chu is water. So it is the primordial wisdom of water that washes away the traces of thoughts. Have you ever noticed how purifying water is? Like you can feel really awful when you wake up and you go and take a shower and almost immediately, as soon as you get all wet and you feel that water going over your body, your mind state changes. Just even washing your face with water changes it. You know, these are things that we do every day, but we don't actually notice. Like, wow, I really feel different because of my contact with water. And where I'm living here, we're staying right now, we swim in the ocean. And I can go down there after working all day and writing at my computer, and I feel like exhausted and my body hurts. And then I get in that water and I feel different immediately. That's the power of water to cleanse. It clears our energy, right? You feel that? It is the primordial wisdom of water that washes away the traces of thoughts. So if we can experience water actually washing thoughts, that's really beautiful also. Then the next line is fire. It is the wisdom of fire that burns concepts of subject and object. When you take something and you burn it, it's no longer there. So when we unite with fire, it takes us to a state of non-duality, not two. I didn't say one, because if you say one, that becomes a thing. Not two leaves you in openness. So let's just feel that fire. This one's air. I, I really like the air. The wisdom of air abides without fixed habitation. Doesn't live anywhere. The wisdom of air abides without fixed habitation. It is the wisdom of air that makes one proceed without moving a step. And let's attune to air again. You know, these are all meditations that you can do anytime. Sit out on your balcony and become one with air. Feel the wind. Get in the water. Go swimming. I guess most places in the world it's freezing right now. We so can't really do that. Unless you're Wim Hof. But you could get in the shower, get in your bathtub, these are all meditations you can do. Because really, if you make everything a meditation in your life, 
then your life is practice. And then we have mind, mata or suchness, expanse, elements, five, again, appears. That's literally word by word. So what does that become? The suchness of the expanse appears as the five elements. The expanse of suchness, that's dharmata. So when you experience your true condition as suchness, so what does that mean, suchness? It means as it is, as it is. You're not laying a concept on it. It is as it is. And that experience of suchness is expansive. It's like space. So that line is, the suchness of the expanse appears as the five elements. The suchness of the expanse, or the expanse of suchness, appears as the five elements. So that means that the elements aren't separate from suchness. Mind does not arise from anywhere. Non-dual. Clearly know this. So, clearly know the mind does not arise from anywhere. It is non-dual. Your mind doesn't come from anywhere. It's not your brain. Your brain is a tool of the mind, but so are your other senses. And that's why in Buddhism, the thinking mind is considered to be one of our senses, like hearing, tasting, touching, feeling, thinking. That's not the mind. Mind is the awareness, the consciousness that pervades everything. And yet, we can't see it, we can't touch it, we can't grab it. We can barely name it, because as soon as you name it, that's not it because it's beyond concepts, but you can experience it in meditation. And I'll read you this last line. Naturally arising, peaceful meditation, unfabricated or uncorrected, rest or settle. So this, this word shock, I love this word because it's kind of automatic poetic. When you, you say shock, it, it sounds like fa something falling, right? Like something almost like shock. And it's used for meditation. So it means to rest or to settle, shock. So that line is settle into unfabricated. And that's another great word. It, it means non, not corrected. Because in a way, we're always correcting our primordial state. We're always trying to fix it, which takes us away from it. So, settle into unfabricated, self-existing, peaceful meditation. Okay, let's settle. So let your, your body shock. Like, just let it flop. Relax. Rest. There's a, a Dzogchen teacher I know named Sogni Rinpoche, and I asked him, he did a retreat, and I said, what, what did you do in retreat, Rinpoche? And he said, I rested. You rested? And he was like, 
yeah, I just let my mind rest. And then I also did some mantras. So, so let's see if you can let your mind rest in peace. Not doing anything. Not, not efforting. Not trying. Not trying is harder than you think. Right? We're always trying. Settle into unfabricated, self-existing, or inherently existing, peaceful meditation. You're not trying to make it peaceful. You're not thinking, peace, peace, peace. <laughs> it just is. And feel yourself integrating with all the elements simultaneously. And if your mind gets distracted, just release it again into resting. Just resting. Okay. Let's dedicate the merit or the positive energy that we accumulated today, dedicated to the benefit of all those beings made of the five elements, all those beings in the world who are suffering, and to our Earth herself, who is also doing her best to serve us, but we're making it difficult her. She's trying to keep in balance. So let's give her some some energy, some love. Offer any positive energy that we accumulated today for the benefit of all beings. Thank you. Thank you everyone for being with us for this Wisdom Rising podcast. May it benefit all beings. And I'd like to take a moment to thank the production team of Wisdom Rising and also to let you know that if you would like further information on my work or the associated people who work with Tara Mandala, you can reach out to the Tara Mandala website, T-A-R-A-M-A-N-D-A-L-A dot O-R-G. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.